you're listening to In The Know, a collection of career development insights and leadership experiences from INSEAD, the business school for the world. By pursuing an INSEAD MBA, you will not only be exposed to academic excellence, but also to an abundance of extracurricular opportunities. Student life is a big part of the MBA journey and an essential part of student life are the clubs. At INSEAD, there are over 40 clubs covering a broad range of topics. So chances are there's one for you. For those of you accompanied by your partner, it's important to note that the majority of clubs welcome partners to sign up as members. There are professional clubs and non-professional clubs, all student-led. Both the professional and non-professional clubs offer opportunities to network, acquire new valuable skills, collaborate with different INSEAD departments and centres of excellence, and provide a space to hone your leadership skills. You can explore and pursue new interests or old passions by becoming a member. But what does taking on a club leadership role actually involve and how does it work? To give us insights to the vast universe of INSEAD clubs, we will be talking to students who stepped up and took on leadership roles this year. You are listening to a podcast from INSEAD, the business school for the world. Our special guests are Amanda Michelle, who is the co-president of the Women in Business Club. And joining her, we have Matt Disher, the co-president of the football club. Welcome to you both and thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. So let's start off with something easy. Why don't you share a little bit about yourselves, where you're from, and your professional backgrounds? Maybe we start with Amanda? Yes, of course. Um, So my name is Amanda. I'm originally from Switzerland, from a very small town close to the mountains, which is where I was born and raised. Um, Did my undergrad in Switzerland, where I attended the Lausanne Hotel Management School. Then spent the first few years of my careers um, working in Switzerland in a range of uh, industries, but mostly focusing on marketing and PR. And then I wanted to broaden my horizons and I moved to the United Arab Emirates. Um, That was five years prior to INSEAD. I spent four years of my career there when I worked in the sports industry. And I had a different uh, range of functions there. I did some government projects um, where they invest a lot of resources into making the country and the population a bit fitter. Then I did some um, operation work for a scale up and then some e-commerce. Uh, and now I'm at INSEAD, have been here since a year on the Fontainebleau campus and returning back to Switzerland after my MBA. Yeah, so my name is Matt. Uh, so I'm American. I spent the last eight years uh, in serving in the U.S. Navy as a submarine officer. So a slight shift to come be a football club president. Uh, so I studied aerospace engineering at the Naval Academy in the U.S. and then spent eight years in a variety of roles, uh, primarily focused on, on operations. I spent three years on a submarine uh, two years worth of training, and then another three years uh, as a strategic planner in, in, throughout South and Central America. Uh, so a huge shift to, to come back over to come over to France. But then uh, after INSEAD, I'll be headed back to the U.S., uh, probably New York City at this point. Wow, that's super interesting. And had you already decided which clubs you wanted to be a part of before the program began? And what was your motivation to join your respective clubs? Yeah, I can go first here. I, I think I, I think like most INSEAD. NCAT acceptance, uh, except for applicants who get in, uh, kind of 
gouge, you know, take it. I look at every single part of the website that they can. I know at least I did. So I took a look at some of the, the clubs that I wanted uh, to be a part of um, and, and honestly looked through a little bit of social media to see which one seemed kind of the most fun. Uh, I played soccer growing up. Uh, so coming over and being part of the football club was, was pretty important to me, I think. Uh, we do pickup games and I saw that every, every week, you know, Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday. So it seemed like a great way to meet, uh, to meet people. Uh, so I kind of knew in the back of my head uh, at least one or two clubs that I, that I wanted. And one piece of advice, which I'd, I'd gladly pass on to, you know, incoming students is uh, NCAD moves very quick. So I think a little research beforehand is, is super important because I think a lot of people are <laughs> want to do every club that they can, but it, it's kind of impossible here, I think. Yeah, so my experience is a bit similar to Matt's. Um, I had also done some research prior to coming to INSEAD, but because I had already worked a lot in the sports industry, I wanted to move away from um, non-professional clubs, and I was really interested in maybe handling one of the professional ones. And I had been involved prior to INSEAD in a, a mentoring platform called One Up One Down that I co-manage with um, some founders. And so the topic of women in business and helping other women advance in their careers was something that was important to me. And prior to joining INSEAD, I had already gone and accepted. I had the chance to attend the Women in Business Conference, which happens um, usually once a year. And so that year was virtually, um, fully virtually, obviously, because of COVID. So I had the chance to be able to assist uh, from my living room back in Switzerland. And uh, I really enjoyed, you know, the panel of speakers and what they had been able to put together. I felt very inspired on that day. So I thought, you know, if I get to do that also for other students as I come to INSEAD, it would be something that I would feel proud of and wanted to take on. So that's why I decided for the Women in Business Club. Cool, that's very interesting to hear. Thanks for sharing that. So how does one become a club leader? Could you share a little bit about how the process and timelines were? Um, yes, so as Matt mentioned earlier, everything moves really, really fast at NSEAD, so it's not easy to fit that into a busy schedule. Um, I think the club application usually happens towards the P3 period, so that's the third period of the curriculum. Um, and it's a bit of a chaotic process because you have to figure out who your team is going to be and what people you want on your leadership team. So um, some people draw from people in their class or in their sections. You can also draw from people that have you've met outside of class that have similar interests. Um, and then the process is usually a team forms and they put together an application based on the guidelines of the outgoing leadership that would say, you know, send us your slides with the initiatives you want to carry out for the year or send us a video. It could be it could take different format depending on what they asked. So we put together our presentation, discussed internally, sort of like what did we want to achieve and what was going to be the structure also of the club, because I think clubs have a pretty tight structure in terms of, you know, there's presidents, co-presidents, and then there's VPs, and then there's someone on communications and treasury. Um, and then you apply and usually they select the team. If you're lucky, you get selected and then you have a handover period and you take over the leadership for the next few months. Yeah, that was exactly the process for us at, for the football club. I think one thing I would add is we, we kind of, we approached leadership pretty early on and got kind of involved a little bit P1, P2 to say, hey, kind of how, how can we help uh, to kind of show a little bit more of initiative. Uh, just so that when we did submit our pitch, we did a slide deck as well as kind of some of the things that we wanted to do. Uh, you kind of, it eases the turn, the turnover a little bit, but also allows you to kind of see the inner workings to see if it's something that you would actually want to go do. Mm, that's uh, very helpful. And also just to clarify for our listeners, so generally speaking for the July class, the handover takes place in April and in October for the December class. 
and the Student Life Club officers who support the clubs, and they will share those process details when the time comes. But if you are considering a leadership role, particularly for the professional clubs, please note that you must choose just one club for such a position. Of course, you can join as a member of any other club. And sometimes students are keen to create new clubs. Such enthusiasm is always welcome. And in this case, the officers will review the request and determine whether the topic can integrate an existing club or be a standalone club. Um, I'm sure being a club leader comes with its own sets of challenges. What would you say was important to consider before taking on a club leadership role? And what was your biggest challenge as a club leader? I think the biggest thing for me was just time. Uh, I think it was super hard uh, to get max amount of participation that you kind of want to see every Tuesday, every Thursday, every Saturday at all the pickup games that we would have. You know, sometimes we would have five people, sometimes we'd have 30 people. Uh, so it was really kind of being able to strike that balance between, you know, what's going on between both the D class and the J class, uh, specifically like when the Js were going through recruitment, the Ds kept complaining that no Js were showing up. Uh, so kind of having that balance and kind of that foresight, I think is super important because as you know, we're going through this leadership role, right? We, we are experiencing NCF for the first time. We don't have the, you know, the benefit of a four-year university where, where we can draw on kind of previous years experience. Uh, so I think that the biggest challenge is kind of predicting what's going to happen in the next couple, you know, I would say months, but realistically at NCF, it's, it's you're on the scale of days and weeks sometimes. Um, but fortunately, we were able to do really a lot of cool things and kind of, you know, between a lot of different tournaments that we were able to set up. Uh, and we're doing an NCI World Cup this weekend uh, on the pitches right next to the Eiffel Tower. So, I mean, there's a lot of cool opportunities. And again, once once you get the word out there, uh, word spreads like wildfire, <laughs> I think, through Telegram here. Um, but one of the biggest things I think was sometimes is just participation because there's frankly so much going on. I can only echo what Matt says because I think time is very precious at NSEAD. Um, and I think what was a challenge for us was, um, and the advice I would give to incoming students is less is more, because I think when a club forms, everyone is um, full of ideas. You know, it's very bubbly. We all want to accomplish all these great things and we have milestones. And, and then that's always beforehand. And then recruitment season comes in everyone has different priorities different timelines the stress level is not the same and then if you've you know decided to carry out maybe 10 initiatives you get spread so thinly that you end up not doing anything which is not the goal of of the clubs so i think for us we were trying to be conscious of maybe doing less focusing on two or three key initiatives and being able to really carry those out um successfully and you know in a very professional way and making sure the events were fun but um, then throughout the year, if we saw that we had more time, we could always add on to that, which wasn't really the case. We never found more time to add other additional initiatives. So I think that would be my, my biggest lesson is um, less is more and do a few things, but do them well. Mm. Time is always an issue. And um, so how do you balance your time with between all your classes and, and, and your other responsibilities? Any time management tips for the people? Um, that's not a very uh, good advice I'm going to give, but you basically end up sleeping less because there's so much that you're trying to accomplish when you're at INSEAD and 
there's academics, which is, you know, to some degree important at different times of the year. And then you have your social life, then you have your recruitment, then you have also a family at home, maybe you're trying to stay in touch with, and then you have club activities. So I think what ends up happening to most people is you just sleep a lot less than you normally would and should, um, which is not ideal, but it somehow works at least for the 10 month program. But it's also about priorities and making sure that um, linking back to the questions I answered earlier, making sure you do a few things and set up time outside for these. And I think clubs can also be part of your social life because you end up working with classmates and you work also with the school. And it's a good networking tool. Also outside of the school, when you invite speakers for you know panels or workshops, you get to network, which is um, also somewhat useful. So I think you have to also see the club as not just another thing you're doing, but how it fits into the broader picture of what you're trying to accomplish with your time at INSEAD. Yeah, one piece of advice I received was you, you can you have three things, sleep, school and social life, and you only get to pick two. Uh, so you kind of need to prioritize as you kind of go through. But one thing I've, I kind of found helpful is set goals before you come to INSEAD, because one, it'll be really hard to set goals while you're here because everything is happening all at once. Uh, but two, don't forget to take some time for yourself. I think that's all. It's a 10 month program, so it's going to be intense. So like Amanda said, like I'm happy to sacrifice a little bit of sleep uh, just because I know it's it's only going to be 10 months. Uh, but I think setting some personal goals and professional goals are, are super important, but also leverage your classmates. You know, I think it, a lot of us, it took until P3, P4 to realize that like, it's okay to take, you know, don't go to that, that, you know, activity on a Saturday night, like it's okay. Uh, and make sure you kind of recharge your batteries. Cause to me that, that once I started doing that, it allowed me to kind of enjoy my activities a lot more, I think. That's really good advice. I like what you mentioned earlier, Amanda, that clubs can also be a part of your social life. And Matt mentioned about setting goals and prioritizing. I think that's really important as well. So just to add on to that for our listeners, it is important to note that the nature of the INSEAD MBA program can make it quite intense. There will be a lot of interest groups, clubs, events thrown your way, so you will need to consider and choose wisely. When you do commit to a leadership role, be mindful that it is not only for you, but most importantly, it's about how you can give back to the INSEAD community. So bearing that in mind, what have you both gained from being a member of a club? I think to what Amanda said earlier, I mean, I have a great group of, of friends now. Uh, we have a telegram group just for us. We, we've gone on a lot of different trips in between trips to tournaments in Milan, Barcelona, London. Um, we, we've been able to kind of travel all together. So we've become pretty, pretty good friends. You know, so we have a telegram group where we're now, now kind of as we end P5, right? We're not, we're not really talking about our next trip when we're talking about, you know, my co-president uh, Rodrigo had a, had a baby here. So and he's a huge Real Madrid fan. So whenever Real Madrid plays, he has, he sends pictures of his son, Lucas, you know, in, in the jerseys that the custom jerseys that we had made for, for him and um, him and his son. So it's just kind of a, it's such a fun social environment, I think. So to kind of be able to get uh, such a group, good group of friends throughout this process and throughout the chaos, I think was, was one of the, the huge things uh, for me, but also it's, it's just kind of fun to have, you know, we're all super competitive and I think it's hard being competitive in a, amongst a group of, you know, type A competitive people sometimes. So to, to kind of have that, that outlet of, to go play on the pitch a little bit and kind of talk a little bit of trash, um, to be honest, it's just, it, it kind of, it alleviates a lot of the stress sometimes. And it's, honestly, for me, it's been a great outlet outlet all year. Yeah, I would agree with Matt. There's, I think, a big social component to it where you get to meet people outside of your class and your section that you work closely with, which would might, might not have been the case um, if you were not in the club. 
Um, and I think it's important. It was important for us um, to also get a sense of, you know, we're giving back or we're doing something to help women. And we then had conversations, for example, with um, INSEAD and the uh, institution on academics and, you know, what we can do for the course and what we can do for women representation in the class and sort of like discussing broader topics, which has been really um, in interesting, insightful, and also gave us a sense of, you know, we're trying to really do something not just for us, but for the ones that are coming after. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, there's a strong aspect of also networking, being involved with um, other organizations outside, connecting with people from also other schools um, that do similar projects. So I think it's been a good um, networking tool to get exposure and, and to work on something a bit bigger than just what happens at INSEAD. Yeah, sorry, I will add one thing. Another Amanda said that we were able to go on, on a lot of different trips to a lot of different other schools. So to be able to kind of, although we are a predominantly social club, we were able to meet a lot of other other players through a lot of the, the, the events that we held. Like we went to LBS and so now I have a bunch of friends at LBS. We went to ESA, you know, and we went to Bocconi. So we know all these other schools as well. So I think to Amanda's point, it's it's a great opportunity to meet other schools and kind of, you know, share experiences. But beyond that, you know, a year from now, you know, we're, we're still going to talk a little bit of trash, but we're also going to, you know, network with the, with these folks. So it's been a really cool opportunity to do that. That's amazing that you've been able to network beyond just um, your cohort and the classes at INSEAD. And it sounds like there's been lots of activities, whether um, in person, or I'm sure some virtually that you have organized. So what are some of the key memorable events that you and your team members have worked on during your time in your respective clubs? And what are some important takeaways from these events? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for, for a football club is just, is frankly, setting up matches against other teams. Um, like I said, I mentioned previously, we went some, I think we've been to Milan, Barcelona, uh, London, and then we went over to HEC, which is just a 45 minute drive uh, to go play them on their campus, which was a really a cool opportunity just to kind of build the network outside of the, the pickup games that we had uh, every week. But I think that the coolest thing that we were able to do is, I mentioned previously, we're holding an NCAA World Cup uh, this weekend, and to be able to kind of do that was was pretty it was pretty incredible. One of our, our the French the French guys on our, our board uh, was able to coordinate with the, the the city of Paris to let us use the pitches next to the Eiffel Tower. So I'm excited for the Instagram pictures that'll come out of that. Uh, but we have uh, we have about 80 players coming out, and we we split up the country into you know different geographies. So we're gonna have you know North America play South America, Northern Europe play Southern Europe, and of course there's a bunch more European teams than there are North American teams. But to be able to kind of do that and to kind of represent your own nationality and kind of you know hone the the INSEAD you know perspective on on you know diversity was a really cool opportunity for us to be able to kind of do it. Also, like I said, with the Eiffel Tower in the background in Paris is kind of it's it's going to be really fun. And then we have this massive dinner planned uh, right on the Seine. So to be able to kind of do those things, I think was super important to kind of bring in a lot of the cultural aspects with the social aspects of our clubs was, uh, was pretty, I'm really excited for it. I think for the Women in Business Club, the key or the flagship event is always the Women in Business Conference, which happened um, earlier, I think it was on the 1st of June. And this year was a hybrid format because we're still in a post-COVID world where People want to attend events in person, but then for speakers, it's sometimes harder to travel. So we had a bit of a 
compromise the model, um, you know, make make some compromise uh, to have uh, the right attendance. And though that was a really successful day for us, we had a keynote speaker that flew in from London to share, you know, her personal story. Then we had a panel with four different women, some in person, some of them were remotely and shared their stories. It was a mix of alumni and, you know, women from different um, career professional backgrounds. And then we split the room into three and had three different workshops happening at the same time which were aimed to be more like practical and hands-on and help women maybe hone some of the skills that they want to be working on, be it negotiation, be it communication, how to, you know, be assertive and authentic and come across in a in an effective way. So we had a broad range of things and I think the day was um, quite um, successful. And with that specifically, what I want to mention is we've been lucky and able to leverage a lot of the alumni network, which I think is something that's very important here at INSEAD. Um, we had some of the previous um, women in business uh, leaders from not the year before, but like quite far back. Um, and also there's a global women in business association. They've been helping us in sourcing speakers, but also attending in person. Um, one of them was moderating our panel. So I think we've been really fortunate to be able to leverage as well, the alumni network to make the event um, successful. Great. Um, it's so super interesting to hear all the, all the backstories that we don't necessarily know from where we sit. So how do you get in touch with the alumni from your clubs and in what way do they provide support and, and in what other ways can you work with alumni? Yes, so as I just mentioned, so we've been able to leverage some of the alumni for the Women in Business Conference and Quite frankly, they've been um, very proactive in reaching out to us. So I don't know how they found out who the new leadership was, but we also have a, a club uh, email address. So I think there must have been some emails coming through that. But they were quite uh, proactive in reaching out to us and offering support um, very early on when we took on the club leadership and said, you know, we're here to help. This is also they shared what they were doing on their end uh, with regards to, you know, the gender initiatives and other type of, of initiative that the school carries out. So that really made us understand that what we do fits into a much bigger picture of what happens here at INSEAD. And we're just like a small part of that, but it was really helpful to have them connect with us and provide some guidance. Um, and then they helped us source speakers for the conference because they also, our network is there, but they also have an outside, you know, network from their professional careers. Some of them have been already, you know, they graduated in the 90s. So obviously they have had some time to build um, such a strong network and, and they've been able to come back on campus. We're also having some reunions at now. So it's a bit of a time where all the alumni are coming back to campus, which was nice to, to see. So they've, they've been really helpful and proactive in reaching out to us, which has been amazing. Yeah, I think the biggest one for us is when when uh, folks come back for their reunions, they always want to come play with us. Uh, so they'll reach out and kind of come play with uh, play with some of our pickup games and such. And I think this Sunday night, we're actually, I think we're playing the 10 Ds, uh, which will be pretty fun. Um, but we have a Telegram group, too, that has 600 people. And there's no way there's 600 people actually in the club on campus right now. So I think a lot of them kind of stay passively interested, engaged as well. Um, so like we did a big gear order, for example, and a couple of them reached out and said, hey, I really want the gear. Can you can you order me one and then mail it to me uh, wherever they are across the world? So um, it's a little bit more ad hoc just because we are more of a social club. But uh, we welcome any alum that come back uh, and want to come play with us or, or if we're able to kind of go you know, to London, for example, we'll try to reach out to a couple of different uh, folks in the area as well, uh, just to see if they want to come, you know, go, either go grab a beer or, or honestly come play with us as well. So the clubs, clubs work with other programs also, for example, the MIM and the Gembas. Did you have a chance to interact or collaborate with participants from these programs? 
Yeah, absolutely. So we have a, every club has a MIM ambassador. Uh, so they spend, so the MIMs spend, I think about 60% of their time in Fontainebleau and 40% in, in Singapore, but we would, <laughs> we would actually set up MIM versus NBA games. Uh, and that generated a lot of, uh, uh, competition, I'll call it. Uh, but we'd always have a lot of fun with them. They're <laughs> usually a lot, a lot younger than us, so they can run circles around uh, us older folk, I'll call it, and even <laughs> very relative. Uh, but then we'll, we'll go happily grab a beer with them at, at Freddy's after. Um, but again, we kind of maintain that relationship with them. And any kind of trip that we would go on to, we would take them uh, with us if we could, or we would send them a different weekend. Uh, like they went and played L- the LBS MIMS um, I think two or three weeks before we went and played the LBS MBA program. Uh, so to kind of be able to do that and kind of build those bridges, because a lot of them are a little bit younger, right? Some of them are straight out of university. Um, so they don't have as much experience, you know, such, such things such as like networking, for example. So uh, we would kind of just say, hey, like, let's go set this program up. Uh, and we work pretty closely with our ambassadors, our, our ambassador to, to, to do that as well. Uh, in terms of the Gembas, it's, it's a little bit harder. Um, just because their timelines are usually don't necessarily line up with ours, but similar to, to alum when they're here on campus, uh, they're always welcome to play. And a lot of them reach out to us uh, via email as well. Yeah, it's a similar experience on our end. Um, the Gembas usually are here for two weeks and then they disappear again. And because they have full-time jobs on the side, so they're just coming here as a you know parenthesis in their work and then go back. They tend to be even maybe busier than we are. Um, however, quite a few of them have reached out and asked to be kept on the, um, the mailing list or the newsletter so that when we send out information about upcoming you know, talks or virtual workshops or anything like that, uh, quite a lot of them um, sign up to attend remotely, which has been quite nice to see. Um, and some of them also reach out to us for support and say, you know, I have this kind of network. Is that something that would be of interest? So they've been really helpful as well. And uh, yeah, with the MIMS, um, I think we also leverage the MIMS to get access to their class pool because it's hard for us to be able to spread the word. And there's so much noise, noise as in communications within INSEAD from all the club and the class, the classwork that it's sometimes hard to get messages across. So the MIMS are also there to help spreading key messages across their classes, which we don't necessarily interact as much with. So they really bridge, you know, the make the bridge between the MBAs and the MIMS with regards to the club. Uh, and that's super helpful. So I agree with both of you that the MIMS and Gambas, they, they are super engaged and just as, an, as enthusiastic. So it's nice to hear this collaboration across the programs. In addition to working with students, the clubs also collaborate with different departments within INSEAD, such as the student life team, of course, with the club's offices. And for the professional clubs, the Career Development Center and the Centers for Excellence. So can you share some insights as to what these collaborations with the other departments look like? Uh, yes, of course. So we've we've particularly um, been collaborating with the student life. Um, they've been absolutely amazing. They're you know rock stars at helping us navigate uh, how to do things at INSEAD and how things happen. Uh, for example, whenever you want to host an event, you need you know there's a lot of logistics for room booking. There's AV setup. There's you know um, invitations, communications. Um, so they really are there to answer all of our questions and to also help us and guide us. So they've been a huge part of our success, for example, with the Women in Business Conference, because they have so much experience. And obviously, they've done that. They've seen clubs, you know, come and go. So they have a lot more experience than we do. So they've been really, really helpful in in making that happen. Um, So they're a great support for the clubs. Yeah, I think we, since we're a social club, we mostly work with just student life, but we also had a pretty unique opportunity for one of the classes in Global Strategy. We did a a case study on uh, FC Barcelona. 
And so the speaker that was going to come in, we were, unfortunately his flight was canceled, but the, the professor reached out to the, the football club and we were actually going to go, uh, go for drinks after with the speaker, which was kind of a unique opportunity. Uh, but we work pretty closely with student life. We brought on a sponsor this year, Bain and Company sponsored us, uh, which was pretty awesome, but we had to work pretty closely with student life through that. Uh, but I mean, you can do pretty much whatever you want in terms of, you know, if you're in charge of, of the club, there's a lot of bandwidth and, and the student life team is, is really, you know, excited to, to watch some of these, these clubs grow. So if you have any cool ideas that you want to do, the student life team is, is incredibly supportive of any initiative you bring up to them. And maybe to add on to that with regards to, for example, the CDC or the Career Center, I think they're also really helpful um, specifically for clubs that are like industry clubs. So we have like the TMT, which is the tech club. There's a consulting club. So these clubs, I know, leverage the Career Center a lot in terms of getting people from these industries as you know speakers or as sponsors, or they really help connect the students with those companies. So there's quite a bit of help from the school on that front as well. Thank you for that. Yes, a lot of support for the clubs. We like to see the clubs flourish and it's so lovely to have all this activity back on campus. So, and this discussion has been very insightful. So before we wrap up, we always ask our guests a surprise question. How would you describe your experience as a club leader in three words? I think I'll, I'll go with that. Uh, Innovative, engaging, and fun. I think the biggest thing is it kind of gives you such an opportunity to, to really, you know, spread your wings a little bit. You know, we, we were the NCF football club, right? When we send emails, it, we, we were able to call ourselves that, right? People respond to that a lot more, which I think was incredibly, an incredibly unique opportunity because it allowed us to, to do things that I don't think we would have previously, right? I mentioned we, we got a sponsor, right? We reached out to Bay and said, hey, would you listen to our pitch, right? If I reached out as Matt Disher a year ago, they would have been like, we have no interest in talking to you. So I think kind of be able to, to do things like that, to be able to say, hey, we're in Paris. Let's go play by the Eiffel Tower. There's pitches there. We drive past them every time we go you know, into downtown Paris. To be able to kind of do those things, I think, was, was really drove the, the innovative side. And it really allowed us to kind of do a lot of cool things. Um, and, and fun just because it, it, it's really cool to, to walk around wearing like your NCAA football club you know, hoodie or, or, or shirt, like it's, it's really cool because you can, people recognize it as you kind of walk around and it, it built such a strong, a stronger sense of community that already exists within NCAA, but it makes it even stronger, I think. Uh, so it was, it was a really cool opportunity, I think, especially this year. I told everybody I was going to change it to the NCAA soccer club and that was kind of fun too, but I got a lot of pushback. I think my three words would be inspiring, challenging, but also fun. Um, inspiring because as I said, you get to do something that's part of a bigger, you know, um, initiative that goes on within the school, but also you get a lot of um, reward from, you know, when you hear your classmates say, oh, you know, this was a really good session, I really enjoyed it, or you get a thank you email from someone that attended one of the events, or so I think you get a lot of, um, you get a lot back from what you put in. Challenging because it is still a lot of work to add on to an already very busy year in schedule and it also sometimes, you know, you work with a team and with all team dynamics, it's not always easy because people have different communication style, different priorities. So it's not always easy, but I think it's it also mirrors a bit what the real world is like. So it's another opportunity to be able to practice your leadership that you do, you know, in, in class or within your group work. It's an extension of that. Uh, and then fun because it's part of the INSEAD experience and it's been really good fun to have that um, opportunity to work with classmates on, on some cool initiatives. 
Thank you both so much for sharing your insights, experiences and time with us and also for all your efforts in your respective clubs. Soon you will be graduating and we would like to wish you both the very best for your future. Thank you for having us. It was great. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of In The Know. If you want to find out any additional information on the career and leadership topics discussed today, head to inthenow.insead.edu forward slash podcast. If you want to know more about any of INSEAD's master programs, head to insead.edu.